The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Outside the Huddle, featuring your host, Lee Mod Williams. This program is a great resource for players making career transitions, as well as a place to discuss this week's top sports stories. Now, here's your host, Lee Mod Williams. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle. We're Lee Mod Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Been away for a couple of weeks now, and I'm glad to be back on the network. Uh, been grinding it out here locally in Houston, Texas. Uh, getting geared up for college football and some other things with other platforms. And uh, I'm glad to be back. And uh, also joining me again tonight on the show, and actually filled in for me last week as a host, and I listened to a couple of other segments, and I thought he did a great job as George, better known as G-Man. And, George, thank you for joining me back again on Outside the Huddle. Thanks for having me, Lamont. It was fun last week. I enjoyed it. I appreciate that opportunity. And uh, glad to have you back. How was uh, How was the the college analyst go, thing going with the uh, Comcast. Oh, everything's going great, man. Just trying to uh, get back in TV shape, so to speak. You know, it's kind of a little different from radio. And uh, TV is, is, you know, it's, it's one of those things you've got to get in the flow of, and I'm trying to get back in some shape, TV shape. And uh, uh, I'll get there. I'll be ready uh, for the for the main event, which kicks off college football season, kicks off next week. Uh, our show kicks off next Saturday every Saturday until the end of the college football season. So I, I'll get back to it. But I'm glad to have you back here, man. I think you did a great job, man. And uh, with more reps and more opportunities, you'll be there. You'll get more comfortable with this thing. And and uh, I can't remember your co-host's name, but I thought he did a, job, a great job as well. Yeah, Manny, Manny did his thing. I appreciate him last week, too. So we're ready to talk some sports this week. And uh, we're, we're we're good to go, man. All right. Speaking of talking sports, let's go ahead and dedicate this show. About 80%, 80% of be Texans talk, uh, Houston Texans talk, NFL, uh, NFL, uh, AFC South team, Houston Texans. Uh, later in the fourth, fourth segment, we'll probably talk. We'll go around the NFL. A lot of things going on in the NFL with uh, Von Miller been suspended for six games and, you know, some other things. Michael Vick being named as a starting quarterback. We'll, we'll, we'll chime in on those things as well. We don't want to spend uh, all the, the whole hour on the Texans, but we'll spend about 80% of it. So with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into Houston Texans, starting with their defense. Uh, right now everybody knows about the, uh, the, the suspension of Antonio Smith. The Houston Texans defensive end has been suspended for – Remaining of two preseason games and one regular season game as of right now. If you didn't know anything about it, he's been suspended for the altercation he had on the field with uh, Richie Incognito. 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 The offensive lineman for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, You know, taking off his helmet, George, 
and, and using it as a weapon against the offensive uh, player. He did not connect with the player, but enough was done, enough damage was done for him to be suspended. So right now, George, give me your thoughts on Antonio Smith's suspension and how the Texans can be able to rebound from this. I really feel bad for the guy because this is not the first time he's gotten into an altercation with these exact same players. So it's a feuded rivalry that that runs deep, and they got into it last year as well. And Antonio doesn't like this guy too much. I, I'm I'm actually thinking that Antonio got off pretty pretty good in this situation because he only misses one regular season game, and um, he he could have had a lot worse had that helmet connected with uh, Incognito's head. I think we're talking about maybe even the whole season being being uh, thrown out of the league. Um, you know, something similar to what happened with, uh, or at least something similar to what happened with Albert Hainsworth when he stomped on uh, that player's face. So I think that, you know, it, it's one of those things. You get into the heat of the moment and you your temper starts to flare. And we've all done things in the past that, that we regret. And I'm sure Antonio regrets what happened. But uh, I feel for the guy because – it's sort of like when uh, Andre Johnson got into it with Cortland Finnegan. It's, yeah. it's one of those guys that can get underneath your skin, and once that happens, you kind of lose control. And I just wish it wouldn't have happened, but since it did, I think the NFL has to act on it, especially since they're looking from a safety standpoint and all these rule changes. So I think that the NFL had to take some sort of action to show that they're not going to put up with that type of thing in the league. I mean, it's obvious that Incognito is a guy that's known to be a trashy, dirty player. Uh, he's branded himself after that. Uh, unfortunately, like you stated, Antonio did commit to the uh, – it's always the second guy that gets caught, you know, and, and, and Antonio got caught. Uh, I thought it was out of character for him due to the fact that I covered the team. I kind of know him quite well uh, as a person, so I thought it was out of character for him to be able to lose his mind, lose his control, and his, and his poise. And another thing is that the Texans is known as a team to – uh, pride themselves on having players as disciplined on and off the field. It's rather the, uh, in, in quite some time seeing a player to go and get into an altercation like this from the Texans organization. So, but rent, well, uh, Antonio Smith been fined four hundred thousand dollars in salary. That's pretty much how much it's going to ball out to uh, for these two games, preseason games and one regular season game. <laughs> if you want to get a player's attention, it's, it's, you want to touch his money, and the fact that he's going to miss four. Uh, well, as of right now, uh, without the appeal system uh, fully taking place, he's going to be fined for $400,000 uh, $400, in salary. So, oh, man, that's, it's a tough situation. But uh, how will the Texans rebound from this? You, you really do you think it's going to affect the Texans' defensive line uh, moving forward going into San Diego in week one? Going into the day before practice, I thought, man, this this Chargers game doesn't look as easy as it, as it once did look. And that's not to put anything on the Chargers. It's just that on paper, with this team fully healthy and everyone on the field, you're looking at a top-caliber team, and, and the Chargers just aren't that. Um, so the Texans would have had it pretty easy for week one, um, considering the circumstances. But now – you have Antonio Smith, who's out. You look at Wade Smith, who's also on the offensive line, who potentially won't play. He's uh, he's just undergone a knee scope last week. Um, you also look at um, the possibility of Arian Foster not being there. And this is all before practice today. Finally, Arian Foster practices, so I think that takes a little bit of the strain off of the defense. But I think it's still a game they can pull out, and I think Antonio is going to come back with a vengeance when he does come back. And I think I wish him the best, and I hope that 
that in the future he can keep his cool and that he can stay to the Texans way, I guess you would put it, um, in, in being a good player both on and off the field. I'm, I'm, I'm just like you. I'm around the, the team a lot. And he's a playful guy. He's not the type of guy that seems like this would, this would get under his skin. But everybody has their tipping point, and I think that Incognito just found the Antonio's. Yeah, I just the thing that bothers me is that, you know, now that teams or players know that, offensive linemen know that, you know, Antonio Smith has these strikes against him, they will use that to their advantage moving forward when he comes back. I just hope he stays focused, which I, I believe he will do. He will stay focused on the field and not allow this to be a distraction for the team and their push for the playoffs again because uh, they definitely going to need the – the effort and the uh, production from Antonio Smith. You have to remember he had a sack or two in that game against the Miami Dolphins. So it got him, got him going early and got him pumped up. And the fact that, uh, you know, now this is coming out this week, he's going to be suspended. I think the Texans are going to kind of move forward from this. They have a lot of quality players that can fit in, fit in for Antonio Smith right now for the time being. And also give them an opportunity to take some looks at some other players. So, it's an unfortunate situation right now, but uh, in a couple of weeks he'll be right back and he'll be right in the middle of things. It's, it's the preseason, too. I mean, he's only sitting out for two preseason games, so it's not really a big deal for preseason because, you know, the dress rehearsal is this weekend against New Orleans. Then they have the last game next Thursday, the 29th, against Dallas in Dallas, so pretty much the starters sit out. So he gets a much-needed rest during the game, but he's still able to practice with the team. It's just that first week uh, of regular season play that he cannot participate with the team, and he's going to sit out against the visit or when they travel to play San Diego on that late Monday night football game. Yeah, and it sucks because Antonio Smith has gone seven straight seasons where he played in in the game. So, um, and, and that's that's the whole season, all 16 games he played in them. And so this is going to take a dent on that record, and he's going to end up having the one season where he has 15 games if he's healthy this whole season. So I feel for the guy. Um, and and you, just, you just hope that in the future, like you said, these other offensive linemen don't try to get under their skin because if something else does happen with Antonio Smith, I'm sorry to say he's going to face a lot more than just – one regular season game suspension. He's going to look at a multiple game suspension and possibly a substantial fine, a lot more than what he's missing this time. So I think that he, he just has to learn from his lesson, pick up where he left off when he gets back on the field, and, and just don't let it happen again. Besides the suspension and you know the aftermath of the helmet toss and, and swing at the players, what did you think about his performance? I mean, his performance against the Miami Dolphins, what did you think about his performance? I think he did very well. He had, uh, I mean, for the time that he played, he had two tackles for loss. He had a sack as well. Um, and he had two solo tackles, which is always good. Um, and, and it's just, he's a very productive player. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of what Antonio does for the team is not actually in the stat books. You look at it, it provides a rush off that edge that pushes him to JJ Watt. So it's one of those things that, that he does a job and anchors that line to a point where he pushes it for other players to, to be successful. And when you lose a player like that, it does hurt the team. Luckily, it's just one game. But like I said, this Miami game, he did, he did a great job, and, and he's, he's one of those players that you want on the field. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a loss for the Texans, but I think that, uh, that in the end they'll, they'll, they'll grow better from it because they're going to have somebody step into his shoes, and, and they're going to have to learn to do what he does, which is always good.
All right. Well, good stuff there, George. Looks like we're approaching our first break here, uh, about a minute or two. So let's go ahead and break because I, I want to see if we have our sound bites for the next segment. So we're breaking. Take a commercial now. When we come back, we'll continue talking to Houston Texans. I mean, that's what we're going to do for the next three segments. We're talking up to Houston Texans, and we'll finish up, and we'll go around the NFL talking about other topics. Next on Outside the Huddle, we'll Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports if you want to talk about the east coast sports scene particularly from the southeast make sure you tune in to the jeff owen show every tuesday yeah we'll talk about some of the other teams and news that's out there but host jeff owens and co-host tasha humphrey know the inside and out of the georgia college sports world and they were born there raised there and still live the scene we'll talk about every sport imaginable Tune in on Tuesday at 7 p.m. East Coast time, 4 p.m. in the West, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Ready for in-your-face, smash-mouth talk? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about? Either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go? You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Anything Goes featuring Ike Mega Griffin. He's got the facts to back up the talk and invites you to join him every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, just before the weekend, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Mega tells it like it is. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Continue to talk to Houston Texans with my good buddy George here, better known as G-Man. And, George, are you ready to get going again? Oh, yeah. Texans talk is always fun. All right. We talked about An- <laughs> we talked about Antonio Smith throughout the first segment and talked about his suspension being removed from the Houston Texans for two preseason games and one regular season game. Staying along those lines with the defense, we got to talk about the D.J. Swearinger hit on Dustin Keller, tight end that's out for the season for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Keller has reported torn his ACL, PCL, MCL, and dislocated his knee during that hit where D.J. Swearinger, the rookie for the Houston Texans safety, came down and hit him below the waistline, 
with uh, Keller, uh, back was actually turned to him as he was making a, a turn around from the catch. He swearing to just caught him low and, and took his legs out there. But real quick, before we go to the sound bite, George, from DJ Swearinger after the game, what's your thoughts on it? Was that, a, a in your opinion, was that a, a cheap shot by Swearinger or was that a textbook tackle uh, from this new policy that the NFL is approving throughout the NFL? It's your second one. It's exactly what you just said on the, on the second part. And this is a product of what's going to continue to happen if we see these players having to go low more and more. It sucks to see this because you talk. I'm sure if you talk to any of the players offensively in the league, they're going to say they'd rather take a head shot and be out for a week mm-hmm. than take a knee shot and possibly in their career. No player wants to see their career come to an end because they get hit low because the rules require the defenders to do so. I hate to see these rules changing like this, mm-hmm. and I think that there has to be something better um, to to help these players out to have less concussions but still have the game not be as dangerous for these offensive players. They make so many rules to, to tend to the offense, I think, that they need to make one for the defense. I think that something that needs to happen is that the defenders need to be able to hit up high again, but offensive players need to know that if they lower their helmet causing head-to-head contact, yeah. the offensive players should be fined for that or, or um, should receive a penalty for that. I don't okay. think it all should be on the defensive players because these defenders are having to look at the way that they're playing and change it. Since Pop yeah. Warner, we've been told, wrap up, hit between the numbers. Well, these guys are having to drop that kill zone lower, and that's going to cause a lot more injuries to the legs. Yeah. And your legs are known as your money makers. So yeah. I think at the end of the day, they have to find something different to change these rules. Okay, well, you know, you made some valid points there, and I had a chance to catch up with D.J. Swearinger after the Miami Dolphins preseason game last week. So I'm going to go ahead and get D, our producer, to go ahead and run that sound bite for me if you can. DJ, when you laid the hit on the guy, mm-hmm. went out of the game. I could, you felt horrible. How did you? I mean, feel? yeah, I just, you know, I, you know, I never go to hit somebody, you know, to injure them at all, you know. So, you know, I, uh, you know, I told you, told him good luck after the hit, but you know, I was just playing within the rules. You know, I, uh, you know, I wish them, wish them all the luck. You know, wish the speed of recovery. Do you feel a little bad? When, when that happens, or is that part of Yeah, I mean, I felt bad, you know, but, but at the same time, it's part of the game, and um, it's, it's, it's playing within the rules, you know. So, so um, you know, I, you know, I felt, felt a little grief for him, but at the same time, it's football. Do you just, how do you feel like you grew up today? Um, I felt like I, uh, I had a, a better game than I had last game. Um, so uh, when I see on the film, you know, I know them. Seems like you're very confident, fluid, aggressive out there. And I know that was your approach during college, but, it, you know, for second preseason game, it, it seems like you're really starting to kind of understand how you have to play at this level. Yeah, with a lot of with a lot of practices, you know, a lot of older guys around me, with the offense that I practice against, um, with the study habits, you know, it, it all it all plays in the fact that, you know, me, of me playing well and um, I uh, try to – Try to work on my craft every day to be the best I can every day. So um, I'm gonna keep trying to get better. DJ, how would you assess how you played in coverage today? Well, I think I played, I played well. I, um, I think two, two people used, so um, I think I did very well in coverage. So um, there's probably some things I know I could um, work on though. But uh, for for the most part, I think I did well. On the counter play, you are you know you have a split second to make that decision. But you, if you guys are working on this and practice and tape, do you have to be comparing up the rules of the NFL and making sure that you're making the right moves and not going after guys and getting penalties? Um, it's just it's just a it's a mindset thing. You just gotta know. 
I mean, you just got to know you can't hit them up high. You got to hit low. You know, and, um, and like I said, like, I'm sorry that it happened, but, you know, with the rules, you know, I had, I had to go low. You know, so, um, and that's something that I'm going to start doing now, you know, with, with, you know, just to play within the rules. DJ, what are your thoughts on the injury situation with the safety? It seems like you guys are starting to run a little bit thin back there. Yeah, um, I, I, I think about two or three guys, you know, we're down today. So, um... So uh, I think uh, we just, they just got to get better, you know, take their time with, with the treatment. We got a good treatment staff, so, you know, I think that'd be better. Again, that was Houston Texans rookie safety DJ Swearinger. Now, I apologize for the technical difficulties that we're having here. We'll get that worked out. We'll be able to hear the sound by a little bit better moving forward. Uh, but, uh, George, just kind of recap what he was talking about. He was talking to the media, including myself, after uh, the game last Saturday night. And basically he just showed remorse for, for the – the actions after he made that tackle, he was feeling, you know, sorry, not from a standpoint of he made a bad play or he did something bad, but from the standpoint that he ended. Uh, but at that time, we didn't know to an extent what happened with Dustin Keller as far as being out, uh, pretty much tearing up his whole knee, his right knee. Uh, but you can tell and you can sense from his body language, DJ swearing to body language and, and tone in his voice that he was feeling very uh, – um, down that the fact that Dustin Keller was removed from the game and now is out for the remainder of the season. Yeah, and I mean, about it is, for anyone, and, and this is going to the point of Brian Hartline, who came out with, with some comments of DJ Swearinger's hit being crap and that it was dirty. Anyone who's in this league knows that this is a brotherhood, and every single person in that locker room loves one another as a brother and when you're on that field it's a brotherhood regardless if it's another team that you hate no one wants to end another person's season or their career and I think that DJ is honestly just trying to make a football play you look at a guy who the week before goes to make a tackle up high and bounces right off of a fullback and allows I believe it was a 56 yard run for a touchdown Um, and then you look at a guy who in college was thrown out of a game for a hit and was also um, and, and could potentially be suspended or even fined in the league's rules nowadays for going high. So he had no choice, and I feel bad for him in that in that aspect because it's a product of the rules. I think DJ is is going to learn that there's going to be a lot of backlash for you when when something like this happens, especially when you're known as a big hitter. But at the end of the day, like I said, this is a brotherhood. He doesn't want to hurt anybody. He doesn't want to end anyone's career. He he would much rather have been able to go high and get back up and, you know, everything go on to the next play than for any of this to happen. So I feel for him and I think that, that DJ was in the right. He's just having to play with the with, with the rules that he's that he's given. Yeah, just an unfortunate situation, kinda putting a bow on that. It was just an unfortunate situation with Dustin Keller. Um, you know, you can hear DJ swearing in the sound bite, uh, stating that he, he felt some remorse for for taking him out for the out of the game, but at that time we didn't know to the extent how how long he was going to be out, and he's going to be out for the remaining of the season. All right, staying with the Texans um, and, and going from the defense to the offense, some positive news this week for the Houston Texans. Actually, today is that uh, Arian Foster, the All-Pro running back, is back, active off the pub list. Uh, P.U.P. Physical on was it is it. I can't remember what pubs to break down for, but by this time you know what pub means. I'm gonna get it, pull it up here shortly. But <clears throat> excuse me, physically unable to perform. Go ahead, George. What is it? It's physically unable to perform. 
There you go. Appreciate it. That's why you have a co-host. George, excellent job. Uh, now that Aaron Foster's back, he's able to practice today. He was able to get going. You know, do you really believe that he's going to play this weekend? I don't, but at the same time, what does that do for the Texans' morale for as a as a team, as as an offense, as they prepare for the San Diego Chargers uh, within a, within a week? It, it, it definitely gets their morale up. You look at a guy who's one of the top rushers in the league, and you have to you, you have to be weary when he's out with any kind of injury. And for this to have lingered for so long, it had a lot of questions in people's head, and, and I'm sure it, it made the coaching staff question it as well. So to see him back on the practice field and to see him performing the way that we want him to perform, it's a great it's a great opportunity for him to come out. I don't think he'll play this Sunday. I think that they they want to just make sure that that they have him for the regular season. It's much more important for him to be there for the regular season. You look at a guy who had 1,424 rushing yards last year and averaged 4.1 per carry, and it's it's a guy who they have they obviously need. Um, he he plays all 16 games last year, so they need him for those regular season games, especially against like I said the Chargers in Week One when they're going to be out Antonio Smith and possibly even Wade Smith their left guard. So. Uh, you, you need a guy back there who you can count on to get yards regardless if he has the blocking ahead of him. And I think the Arian is that guy. So I'm glad to see that he's back on the field. He's a hard worker, and I think that in, in the end he's he's going to be the Arian Foster that we're used to seeing. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it was any doubt that he would not return before the season opener. You know, he had that calf injury and he had that back injury. But, you know, he's earned that right to take this time off to heal his body because, when that season kicks off in that in week one, it's time to go. It's no time to look back and say I should have rested a little bit more to get me mentally and physically prepared for this long grind called the NFL season. So I'm happy that he's back. I'm happy that the Texans understand and respect that certain players need time off to heal their body and and get going. And and Foster is a guy that once he's he's in the mix, he's in the mix. There's no turning back from there. Um, you know, it's still a battle for the third running back spot on the team. We don't know that just yet. But uh, with Foster and Ben Tate, Ben Tate's heading into his contract year for the Houston Texans. Uh, he's a guy that's proven himself as a reliable backup. Now he wants to kind of separate himself from the pack and try to show him not just to the Texans but everybody in the NFL that he's a number one running back. Uh, he's ready to kind of break out from the shadows of Arian Foster and show the world that he has the capabilities to be a leader. And with all three of that in place, the Texans having Arian Foster back, having Ben Tate chopping at the bit to be a starter, not just for the Texans, but throughout the NFL going into his contract season, and a potential number three back back there. Uh, you know, the sky's the limits for these guys. They can get better each and every week. But, George, that's the music right there, and it's time for us to take a break. So when we come back, that's what we're going to do. We'll continue to talk Houston Texans. We'll talk about the battle between Case Keenum and T.J. Yates. Next on Outside the Huddle, we'll leave my Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. 
football, and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football, and we'll talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neill. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams on the Voice American Sports Network to talk Houston Texans football along with my man George, better known as G-Man. And George, uh, we pretty much spent uh, the first two segments talking about enough about the defense, Houston Texans defense, Antonio Smith. And, oh, well, I, I take that back. We, we mentioned Arian Foster as well uh, throughout the second segment. So we did half and half. We kind of balanced right now. So let's stick with the offense and talk about this big old battle that everyone is talking about in the city of Houston. It's not for the starting quarterback position. It's for the backup. You know, it's the backup uh, battle between T.J. Yates and Case Keenum. Uh, T.J. Yates, to me, is the proven winner here. He's uh, led the Texans to a playoff victory a couple seasons ago against Cincinnati Bengals. And you have Case Keenum, the the local flavor, hometown guy from U of H, University of Houston, now with the Houston Texans. Had a year under his belt as a quarterback under the system of uh, Gary Kubiak. And it's starting to show some maturity out there on the field as a quarterback this season for the Houston Texans. So, uh, George, who you like so far? I mean, who's your favorite number two quarterback uh, after watching the first two preseason games? I think you have to still give the nod to TJ just for the for the simple fact that he's proven himself in game situations and not preseason games. Because if you look at the preseason, they're not giving TJ and and uh, in case the snaps that Matt Schaub is getting. And Matt Schaub is getting little from the first defense. And so you have to go based upon what you're what you're going to be getting during the regular season. And, and TJ is the only one that's had that, that film that can prove that. Now, the reason why I say TJ is because he hasn't done anything to lose the job. 
Um, and, and Case hasn't done anything to win the job. They've both done their job, but neither one has actually won the second-place job, so you have to give the nod to the person who has more experience. I think that that's the way it is in any profession. So I, I hope that, that this battle gets a little more juicy uh, come this fourth preseason game because you know the third preseason game you're going to have uh, a lot of the starters playing through the third quarter. But uh, hopefully, like I said, during that during that uh, fourth preseason game, we really get to see who who's going to be the one that comes out on top. But for right now, my pick is TJ, and it has to be TJ. Well, you said that you know it's getting it's going to pick up and be juicy. I, I think it's juicy as a as of right now. I mean, Case is really pushing TJ Yates, even though I like TJ and what he brings to the table as a proven winner uh, for the Texans as a backup quarterback. But Case, man, he was 11 for 18 for 150 yards and one touchdown. He had that long pass to Lester Gene. So, uh, I mean, he, he's, he's starting to – I mean, he's been very accurate with the ball. He's starting to show why uh, he had all those big-time numbers over at U of H before he uh, was picked up by the Texans. So, oh, man, it's, it's, it's going to come down to the wire. I think that Dallas game – the uh, play, preseason finale against Dallas will be, you know, one probably get one half and the other get the other half. But it's going to be exciting to see down the road. Uh, what's some of the things that you either like or dislike about? Well, hold on. Before we go into that, I know we have a sound bite from Case Keenum after the Miami Dolphins game. I had a chance to catch up with Case along with some other reporters, and uh, he had a few things to talk about the game. So go ahead, D, and, and, and run that sound bite. Case Keenum. Case Keenum. First game, it looks like you had even more fun today. Yeah, it was a blast. It really was, uh, especially play home hometown crowd in front of Houston, uh, back in Houston again. It's uh, it's always fun to play here. Evaluate your performance. Uh, you know, I thought I did some things well. Um, you know, there's a, a couple of third downs. Uh, you know, we converted on some, but there was one. Uh, I have to watch the film again to see. It, you know, it kind of went by fast, but there was one. I, I tried to force one in there and. Uh, you know, I thought I, I thought I played well. There's there's obviously areas, you know, a little footwork mechanics and uh, and a few decisions. Uh, operation of the offense, really. We had a couple of a couple of uh, penalties there that were on me, uh, you know, and, and missed a few receivers. But I had to go look at the film to see everything. With the unit that you were with tonight, did you diversify a little bit more offensively than maybe last week? Uh, you know, I, I think I think we do a pretty good job of knowing what to do, you know, from top to bottom in the depth chart. You know, with, no matter what receivers are in there, backs are in there, and. Uh, you know, I think uh, you know. I think we were able to do a lot of stuff last week, and, and even more this week. Just another week at camp, another another week to put stuff in, install, and, and build on what we've learned. Talk about last start performance tonight. Yeah, uh, started a great job, and he uh, he's uh, he's got a knack to get open, and, uh, and and made a big play there on that fourth down. And uh, you know, I, I think we had him on a couple of other ones that uh, I was flush, but uh, did a great job. I, I liked when that guy the ball. He makes plays. How much more comfortable were you this week than last week? Uh, you know, uh, really comfortable. You know, um, you know, it's just, it's just it's as many snaps as I can get under center. Uh, you know, as many game time situations that I can be put in. Uh, you know, I think I'm getting better each time. How do you evaluate your performance tonight? Uh, you know, like I said, um, you know, I, I I like some things I did. You know, I need to get better. You know, that's that's what I've said. You know, day in and day out, is I need to keep getting better. Who's ahead in battle for the backup? Keenum creates. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's not my job. You know, my job is to go out there and play. So, uh, you know, I think uh, I think TJ played you know really well. I moved the offense uh, really well tonight, and uh, you know, I think uh, we're, we're we're making the team better, both of us. Do you feel like you're growing up out there every time you're out 
Yeah, you know, each like I said, each time I take snaps, man, it's uh, it's uh, gaining process experience. You know, I think uh, preseason or not, you know, taking live live game, uh, you know, s- snaps and and uh, learning from each situation that I get in and and uh, and, and game time situations. It's uh, it, it, it's getting better each week. I'm getting better each week. How's the competition specifically helping you out there? Cause everybody's watching every you know, kind of critical every, every play out there between you guys. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not really looking at it like that. You know, I'm, I'm looking at it, uh, you know, that I'm, I'm competing against myself and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make myself better. I, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, that uh, all the other externals and stuff, you kind of have to ignore a lot of that stuff because if you get caught up in – and, and comparing and looking at you know that sort of stuff that uh, you know that's that's not when you're playing your best football. Again, that's Houston Texans second-year quarterback Case Keenum. He's in a red-hot battle right now against T.J. Yates. As of right now, the starting or the second-tier quarterback or second-string quarterback, so they're battling for the number two spot. And George, throughout the interview, you heard a few reporters as well as myself asking Case some questions after the Miami Dolphins preseason game and. One thing I can say, George, that stood out to me is that he's very relaxed. He's relaxed not just in this uh, head-to-head battle with T.J. Yanks. He's relaxed with the media as well. So that's definitely signs of maturity. Oh, yeah, man. You're that guy, and he sounds like a starting NFL quarterback. He he speaks to the media as if this is what his job is supposed to be. So I'm excited for a guy like Case Keenum. Uh, to come into Houston, uh, be from Houston, and be able to play for the pro team in Houston, and uh, to be able to, to showcase his talent, and I think that it's a very, very strong battle for that second, second round, uh, second spot on the depth chart. But I think that it's one that's going to make both Case and TJ better. Um, anytime you have a competition and someone's really competing to get that spot, you're going to get the best out of both of those players, and I think that's what we're getting right now in, in all of these preseason games. So. Houston can rest assured that if Matt Schaub goes down, they're going to have two fighters that are going to that are going to push them through and get them through whatever they need them to uh, to get them through. Yes, excellent point there. You make that competition brings the best out of anyone, especially quarterbacks, and that's a good problem to have. If you're Gary Kubiak, you have three uh, solid quarterbacks. You have you know Matt Schaub as a proven starter. Uh, we want to see if he's that guy to get him over the hump. And and then be, and being being a big time quarterback in big time games, T.J. Yates, we know he's a proven winner. He's able to take tex- the Texans after Matt Schaub went down, took him to the playoffs and won that playoff victory, oh, first Texans playoff victory ever over the Cincinnati Bengals a couple of seasons ago. Uh, you know you got Case, he's you know young guy just getting going, excited about the reps he's getting. He's taking advantage of every opportunity. And it's going to be a good competition uh, heading into this weekend, which I think they get minimum reps, and going into the finale against Dallas on Thursday night, where they get a lot of reps. I'm pretty sure both will get probably a half a piece. Um, you know, first half or one get the other second half, where the coach can evaluate them and see what takes place. So I'm excited. Uh, I know you're definitely excited, George, about seeing this uh, continue to grow each and every week and. You know, I really like this uh, this battle. Real quick, we t- I mentioned him briefly, Lestar Gene. Uh, I was very critical of him last year, George, because I just thought he was robotic and one-dimensional receiver, being a big guy at 6'3", 6'4", 
but he's a, he seems like he's starting to fall in place here. I mean, what the Texans want him to do, and he's stepping up. He had the huge catch from Case Keenum for the touchdown against the Dolphins. What are you seeing from Lestar Gene now as a receiver that you, that you did not see from him last year? I think you see more sure-handedness, uh, someone who's able to go in there and get the ball. Um, that's something that you really lacked from him last year. You see a lot of drop balls. I think that he's a guy that can get vertical and they can go above the defenders, and that's always something that you want on your on your offense because once you get into that red zone, it, the zones get smaller, and so the defenders have to defend less field. So you have to have somebody who's a go-getter who's going to go in there and get the ball, and I think that uh, Lestar Gene gives them that in the red zone, and I think that that's something that the, the Texans can definitely benefit from uh, having DeAndre Hopkins and uh, Andre Johnson, and then also he, uh, Lestar Gene, will be able to do that. That's always going to be an, an added bonus. So he's he's got better hands this year, and I think that he's he's getting into his playbook a little bit more, and he's really learning this scheme and trying to adapt his skill set to the scheme. That's always something that you want to see out of a player. It's someone who's able to adapt to the situation, and in the end, at the end of the day use his best skill set in your scheme. So Gary Kubiak has to be proud of that, and that has to be something that the Texans look at as a plus this year uh, for the star gene. Yeah, that's another competition battle right there that's really off the record. Is you know, last star gene, DeVere Posey, these guys have been brought in a couple seasons ago to be the replacement of Andre Johnson and all the other receivers, and Kevin Walters that is no longer with the Texans. However, they drafted DeAndre Hopkins and gets everybody on their toes because now it's like either A, they forgot about us, or B, uh, the Texans don't feel like we're the guys to be able to step in and do our job. So it would be interesting to see how Lestar continue to progress as a receiver. I think so far so good. Uh, I'm excited about the possibility that he can become a better receiver, especially his curl routes and his comeback routes. I thought – over the middle, uh, he lets the ball get close to his chest at times, and we know he's a big play threat down the field uh, with the deep ball. So he's starting to uh, show me some things, and I like what I'm seeing, and I want to see this continue throughout the preseason. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think that the Texans look for him to be an added bonus, and especially when DeVere Posey comes back, he's going to be one of those players that's dynamic as well. I think you started to see him blossom a little bit at the end of last season, and uh, him tearing his Achilles kind of uh, halted that for a little bit. But I think when he comes back, that's going to be another added bonus, another weapon for this Texans' already powerful offense. I agree, and it seems like it's time for us to take one more break to, to end this third segment, and when we come back, we'll mention DeVere Posey and his comeback, and we'll talk, go around the NFL as well, George, and we'll talk about Vaughn Miller and Michael Vick as the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Next on Outside the Huddle, we'll leave Mont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
If you're looking for a radio show about boxing, you usually can't find one until you stop by the Voice America Sports Channel. Tune in to Outside the Ring with former world lightweight champion and U.S. Olympian David Diaz. We'll deliver the knockout punches with our guests as we go inside the minds of today's top fighters. We'll throw in discussion of other sports as well from time to time. Outside the Ring with David Diaz airs every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time noon pacific on the voice america sports channel tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond listen for the comeback radio show with tony farmer a lot of people believe what they read on the internet hear and see in the media and on the news we're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. George, we almost at that time. It was time for us to wrap up the show, enter into the fourth segment. So let's go ahead and finish strong. And real quick, before we go into uh, other topics around the NFL, let's finish up with the Texans receiver. We talked about receivers. We talked about uh, Lester Gene before the break. And now I want to talk about Devere Posey, a guy that you speak highly of, George. And, uh, you know, he's been recovering a lot faster than what we anticipated. You know, he had that Achilles injury. Um, you know, he tore, uh, I mean, he just tore it up right there. It was in the playoff game, I want to say, against New England, in the divisional playoff loss against New England. So you think about that, George. You go from January, mid-January to late January. Now we're in mid-August. That's a that's an outstanding recovery time for a young man to be able to recover from a, a ruptured Achilles uh, injury. Now have an opportunity to come back and get some reps for the Houston Texans right before week one. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, January 13th was the date that he tore the Achilles, and he, he I mean, it, it was a pretty bad tear. It's one of those things that when you tear your Achilles, it's not something that tears and it hangs there. Um, my fiance, the physical therapist, she was telling me that when you tear it, it rolls up into the back of your knee. So the doctor has to go in there and pull it back down and reattach it. So it's one of those things. It's a long time to to, to finish uh, to to heal from it, and for someone to come back so quickly, it's 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 very rare for that to happen. But what he's done is he's eating the right things. He's he's doing the right things, training as hard as he can because he wants to be in this league, and he knows that this just gives someone else an opportunity to step into his shoes. And if he's the longer he's out, the more opportunity that that person has. So at the end of the day he has to make sure that he comes back 
And I think that that's what he's pushed himself to do. And the, it's the little things, you know, when you can't work your lower body because your your ankle is hurt or because any part of your lower body is hurt, you work your upper body, and that's what he did. So he's he's one of those guys who really gets out there and grinds it out. He was uh he's been out there, and I know you've been out at the practices too. Before he was able, because he wasn't able to practice, he would still be out there at the jugs machine. And he also bought this tennis ball machine that all the receivers have been using for the Texans. Uh, went yeah. out there and started catching tennis balls out of that. So uh-huh. it's one of those things he worked on his hands because he couldn't work on his legs. So I'm glad to see him coming back and coming back so quickly and so healthy. And I yeah. wish him the best for this season. Yeah, he he stated that he changed up his diet and his sleeping pattern so he was able to get enough rest. And diet is always a key. You know about that, being able to lose some weight as well. So uh, you change up your diet. It's a mental, physical, I mean, it's a mental uh, maturity and and I'm happy to have him back. You know, I want to see what Devere Posey can bring to the table for the Houston Texans. And this time, now that he's activated and off the pub list, he's able to come back and bring some to the table for the Houston Texans. All right, now, George, we got to talk about some topics throughout the NFL. Vaughn Miller, you know, it was rumored a couple of years ago. Well, not really rumored, but it was reported a couple of weeks ago he was being suspended for, uh, you know, violating the substance abuse policy of, uh, for the NFL. Now it came down this week that he's going to be suspended for six games uh, from the Broncos. So now that the Broncos knowing that they're going to not have their uh, all-pro or not all-pro, Pro Bowl linebacker, Vaughn Miller, uh, you know, how do they adjust from this? Where do they go defensively for the uh, Denver Broncos? I think this is a point where everybody has to step up because you look at a team who lost Elvis Dumerville as well to some contractual obligations not being met by the team. And now they lose Von Miller for six games. It's going to be hard for this Denver defense to be as feisty and effective as they were last year. And, and it's because they're one of the top-ranked teams, if not the top-ranked team in the AFC. And for them to lose this many players on defense, this many key players at that, it's sad. And uh, it's one of those things that somebody's going to have to step up and, and fill those shoes and, at least for six games before Vaughn can come back. And what Vaughn has to do as a player is, since he'll be suspended, he won't be able to work out with the team. But he needs to make sure he's working out individually and and doing what he has to do to be prepared for week six. Okay, staying with the linebackers, but going to Chicago, Chicago Bears linebacker John Bostic was fined $21,000 for a hit that really wasn't illegal, John. I mean, John. Uh, I think about John Inglesby. Uh, Matt. Matt. Now I'm thinking about another guy, George. <laughs> John Bostic was fined $21,000 for that hit against San Diego, Mike Willie. It wasn't a legal hit, John. I mean, Matt, uh, George, <laughs> it's been a long day, George. But uh, he still was fine. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm starting to really become confused as a former linebacker, former player. I mean, what do the league want now? I mean, do he he just want the guy to go over and touch him and just bring him down, or what? I mean, it just was an outstanding hit for him to be fined twenty one thousand dollars. I thought that was ridiculous. I think it's crazy because you look at an NFL who has shifted their view just in the past four or five years. It used to be that the NFL would market this type of violence and these type of hits would be applauded by the front office, and now they're being fined for it. So. To me, it's one of those things that the NFL has to get their stuff together and say, you know what, this is what's good, this is what's bad, and you can't go in between. And 
I think that this is a clean hit. This is the exact hit that they are trying to get these players to go into. He didn't lead with his helmet. He wrapped up. He gave him a hard hit, and he didn't deserve to be fined. But because it was so hard and it was so violent and vicious, the NFL deems that unacceptable. Well, this is the type of hit that they want people to see because they want these people to be tuning in each week to see John Bostick perform these kind of things. So I think that the NFL is in the wrong, and, and, and I don't think he deserves this fine at all. It's it's one of those things. It's kind of ridiculous to me because these players are going to come to a point where they're thinking too much, and there's going to be more injuries that occur, and it's going to yeah. be more harm than good. I mean, you factor in, you know, the Swearinger hit, then you you know you have the Bostick hit, which I thought was two good hits there from a defensive standpoint. It just comes to show you that the league is favoring more of the offensive players. It's not a defensive-driven league anymore where it was based off, it was built, the foundation was built off defense. I mean, you had the Steelers, the Cowboys, think about Mike Dicka and all those guys from back early 80s with the Bears, and, and, and I can go on, Deacon Jones, rest in peace, those guys, it seems like it's more of a, they know what sell tickets, and that's offense, so they want to protect their players. Uh, the league want to protect the offensive players, and I just... I think it was more of a statement fine. Yeah, it wasn't a legal hit, but they want to make a statement that, uh, I, mean, I don't I don't know what kind of statement. I, don't get me started going on that one. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let that one go and move on. Michael Vick, named the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles this week. Chip Kelly uh, made that announcement actually yesterday on Tuesday. So to me, it was never a surprise that Vick was not be the starting quarterback. This offense fits him. Uh, Vic has made it public and said it's, it feels good to have be you know be excited about football again and have fun and I can't wait to see what they're going to you know roll out in Week One offensively for the Philadelphia Eagles. But Michael Vick as a starter at one time, George, everybody thought he was time for him to go, but now it seems like it's time for us to go because that's the music there. So George, I apologize for that. Wanted to get your thoughts on Michael Vick, but uh, let's go ahead and wrap the show up. I want to thank all the listeners out there for listening to the show. Logging in to hear the show outside the huddle with Lee Mike Williams today. And, George, I appreciate you coming on the show and, and giving me your thoughts and your opinion as well. No problem, Lee Mike. I look forward to doing it again next week. Good move, bad move for Vic. Real quick. Great move. Great move. That's all we need to know. All right, now let's go ahead and wrap up the show. I want to thank everybody for listening again. And until we meet again, be blessed. Thanks for joining Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams. We're back next week for another live show, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Check back with us on the Voice America Sports Channel.